0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of Webmaster Radio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, Now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years, and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge,
1: Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about trends in search consulting with Catherine Bensian, CEO of Select Resources International, the nation's premier consulting firm specializing in agency search and relationship management. As CEO, Catherine oversees all aspects of SRI's search and consulting practice. Under Catherine's leadership, the company has grown to become the leading strategic search consultancy in the country. Prior to joining SRI in 1997, Catherine worked in movie marketing at Columbia Pictures and also served as CMO of Universal Studios Recreation Group, laying the groundwork for the company's successful expansion into the Florida market and launching the first theme park industry marketing effort targeting Hispanics. Catherine is a seasoned agency executive and has held senior management positions at a number of ad agencies, including DDB Worldwide, FCB Worldwide, and Ogilvy a recognized industry authority on agency searches and relationship management. Catherine was selected by AdAge in 2002 as one of 20 women to watch. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Catherine. Welcome.
2: Thank you, Glenn. It's, It's great to have the opportunity to talk to you today.
1: Fantastic. So let's start. Will you tell us a little bit about your role as CEO of SRI and any key things that you're working on right now? Obviously not agency searches, but <laughs> areas of that within the agency uh, well, search world. You know,
2: we are we are a serv- even though my title is CEO, we are a services organization, um, and so my role is really looking out for our corporate growth and client development, as well as I think maintaining sort of the the quality in our work product um, and longevity of client relationships. And and you know, it's interesting when when you said initiatives, I was thinking more about business model. Um, we have sort of made a strategic decision to, to sort of stay the course with the business model we have for the time being. And so I guess my function is really to, to help us be the best that we can be. Um, and, and, you know, I expect you'll be talking to me um, further about some of the things we're doing. I, I would say the big initiative for us is really um, helping our clients navigate the complexity that they have mm-hmm. inherited, I think really brought on about tech through technology and all the change that it's created in in how companies and brands go to market and communicate, engage and build relationships with their customers.
1: So I have dots of questions about search consultant, but I just have to start and ask that prior to joining SRI, you were spending many years in the agency world and movie marketing, as I said, what fueled your decision to make the career change to search consulting?
2: Um, well, actually, to be very specific, it, it was a personal life decision having to do with my youngest son and some needs that he had, but but I think, you know, when I step back and think about myself and this idea of, of being in a position to constantly learn and also to have sort of a global view of the marketing landscape that's not really aligned with one category, one business, or one brand... Um, you know, I, I think that there are very few jobs out there that really allow someone the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, we're always learning about a new category, a new challenge. We we tend to have to be extremely um, smart problem solvers coming from all of the experience we had, either as a client or an agency executive. And then I think just for me personally, I, I love the people that work at agencies. Mm. I, I love the business of the business. So... You know, over time, I've had certainly choices to rethink this decision because your personal situation changes, and I just, I, I love this particular space. I can't think of doing anything else right now. It's just the best job in the world.
1: So for the listeners who may not be as familiar with the agency search business, why mm-hmm. do brands hire search consultants?
2: That's a good question. Um, you know, and it's interesting, too, because we work across a very wide spectrum of everything from the small entrepreneurial led company to the mega, you know, Fortune 50 firm that, that has lots of depths of management and leadership um, talent. I think um, two things. One, um, I think they want, especially today, to tap into the proven process that we've created, um, you know, over years of refining it so that on their watch when they're going to have to find a resource and usually it's without probably as much time as they'd want to do it, they can take advantage of a process that someone's already vetted. They want to come out of this with a, a successful outcome. I think the second reason, especially today, is that, you know, the agency business model has really changed. And one of the big challenges... Presently, is that you know you you take half a dozen agencies, you look at them, even if they're all sort of populating the same space of our business, their business models are going to be different, and mm-hmm. yesterday's agency that you knew really well might not be today's best um, fit for what you currently have to do. And I mean, even clients who've had relationships with certain agency brands in the past will find that their information is really out of date. So one of the things that that we are really all about in our IP is staying abreast of agencies, making sure that we are you know in their face, meeting with their leadership team, seeing their talent uh, upfront, impersonal, seeing the latest work, understanding their business models, what they aspire to do and where they're succeeding, and doing that you know across all different parts of the of the mix from you know, a full-service shop all the way down to a very small specialist. Um, Last year, in the course of our reviews, I think we invited almost 300 individual separate agencies into our different pitches. So, you know, and some of these are very specialized and others are are much broader. Some are global, some are very local. Um, and, And so that's really what we define to be our IP to some extent as agency knowledge.
1: Hugely valuable, and so I think you hinted at it a little bit with a lot of the recent changes, but talk a little bit about how you've seen the search business change over the past decade.
2: yeah I, I have been doing this a long time longer than I would have ever thought, um, and coming <laughs> coming out of a, an era where you know you had your AOR and one one partner was probably what you needed and watched the world go to sort of an unbundling approach where now you have disaggregated um, media firms, you have specialists in different integrated parts of the mix. Then, you know, the world became very focused on the Internet and all things digital, and and now there's um, a need in many camps to bring it back to sort of a holistic core. And, and I would say the difference is that um, it's much more complex mm. um, and clients – are having to kind of deal with all this change at the same time that they're trying to drive business results. And, of course, right now the business environment is pretty short-term. Um, so our business has become, I, I would say, more consultative. Perhaps we position ourselves more as facilitators, even though we've sat in the decision-making role in the past. We we don't do that in, in our current current roles um, so it might be that before we get started, we're actually helping them rethink how their agency model is constructed. Um, you know, do they have too many partners? Do they have the right level of integration? is digital core? Do they have the right depth of and then you know even it could be global, it could be it could be um, a small marketer who all of a sudden finds they have eight agencies and nobody really is. Getting that much revenue from them, and so as a result, they don't feel important.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and then going from there into determining, okay, do they? Now that we've sort of helped them think through what they need and the model, um, you know, do they have the right partners? And if not, then we would help them perhaps populate the model with the right partners. So there might be a review. Um, and and then the other thing that's really different. Um, you know, there was a point in time where everyone was looking for this more holistic approach, and digital had to be core. And you know, there was a lot of talk about um, digital standalones perhaps being, um, you know, putting themselves sort of at their their business model be, maybe being in jeopardy to some extent. And what we're seeing now is a sort of new phenomenon where we have a continuum of clients' situations. So. Each client comes into the process with a very different need set. For example, we would have um, a, a very large client who has been in, you know, digital. This is two thousand twelve, right? So they've been a digital marketer for a really long time. This is about helping them solve for scale, for um, innovation. Um, they're they're looking. They they have found they can't get all their needs fulfilled with maybe the firms that they have, so it may not mm-hmm. even be replacing, it's adding. Then we have the clients who have been, let's say, in digital for a while, but they haven't really had best in class, and now they're ratcheting up the the sort of the ante, and they're looking at a more effective way of working. Many of these clients are also looking for a more integrated overall approach to what they do, and it's, it's very much about um, kind of a combination of model and talent. And then we have, we have two reviews right now where we have clients who invest over $200 million um, in paid media year. One of them um, is searching for a new brand strategy partner and creative partner, um, and there's absolutely no digital in that scope, which is, like, bizarre. And then there's another one that we're doing where the client's been extremely television-centric and they've given their lead partners some digital um, responsibilities. They felt they they could do well from an idea and integration standpoint, but we're falling short on implementation. They can't afford to wait. They're kind of behind the eight ball for their category. So for them, it's not about... That it's about just getting the right partner, you know, having them integrated is not as important as just getting best-in-class capabilities right away as fast as possible. So, you know, everyone comes in in a different part of the sort of development um, space, and and it really requires us to kind of help them from a zero base think about what it is they're really trying to solve for. Um, so it's so that's I think what what would really differentiate our business model today from what we've done before where there were certain mechanics that needed to be in place. This is really almost, it's very customized. I mean, the reviews are similar, but they tend to have more customization perhaps than they might have had in years past.
1: It's interesting listening to you and also knowing what you guys do. It seems like not only do you have the consultative side, but there's a lot of counseling with the, you know, how do I mix and match the agencies that I have, what are the specialties that are needed. And the, the whole customization to the individual personalities and organizations and business situation really is everyone is everyone seems different, just listening to you.
2: They are. And I think one of the things that, that we love about our work is, you know we do through this process get exposed to some of the best practitioners of the world who are sort of on the leading edge. We also do a lot of benchmarking of best practices, and, and so we can we have kind of this unique view of the world out there and what the best marketers and the best agencies are doing. And so that gives us more insight than a client team would have, who's sort of focused on their business, what they have to do, their day in and day job, out jobs. So it, it really, may, but you know, as I said, we tend to be coaches and really facilitators, where it's really about empowering our clients to make the right choices for themselves and their brands and their business because what it really comes down to in the end is people hiring people and um, you know there's only there's only so much a third party should actually contribute in in a lot of the work that we do.
1: Really interesting. Well I can certainly attest from my own client relationships that um, you have a special client relationship you also spend a lot of time with each other so to your point about people working with people. Um, so for, for the listeners um, our listeners on the agency side of the equation, any core capabilities or services that you're just seeing as critical, must-have right now that's just coming up every single time or practically every yeah, time?
2: Yeah, I would say um, a couple of things. Um, there's there's a huge, we, we have, there's sort of three buckets that the clients sort of are, are coming in. in um, number one, I would categorize as the 10-year itch. and these, In fact, this is an interesting observation lately. We have had more 30, 35-year long-lived client relationships challenged um, with mm-hmm. clients coming to us than I can ever remember. And, you know, you think about working with a, an agency over 35 years and you figure, okay, there have been ups and downs in the business cycle. There have been... Other challenges, but somehow they 've been able to stay the course and maintain this relationship and Now it seems that the needs are so uh, critical that clients are willing to put some of that longevity aside in the short term, which is <laughs> kind of scary in a way
1: yeah. um,
2: so the one the one bucket I would categorize is this twelve year itch ten year itch, which is really all about you know certain aspects of the relationship are functioning well but there's this sense that everything has changed. And how do we know if we started working with this partner, you know, 10 years ago when we were this big doing this, the world has changed on on our collective watch that we have the right partner. And it's all about strategic thought leadership, innovation, um, a partner who's really continued to evolve and, and focus on the future and sort of not the past. And, In those contexts, I think it benefits agencies who really have a future view, and it's much harder for agencies who have had to go through kind of success in the past and now migrate to a new way of dealing with the change. Um, The the next area that's been very um, kind of in focus for quite a while has to do with a holistic um, approach to planning, that aligns media and message that's really about, you know, the right message at the right time to the right person and the sense that creative and, and channel strategy have to be developed hand in hand. And so that has different um, sort of applications to how it actually comes about. It could be that they're a smaller client and they want a lead agency that's going to oversee all aspects of their mix, whether it's, you know, the strategy creative media, it could have special components. Um, it could have robust digital that goes into other, mm-hmm. other areas, social search, whatever. But the need to have it anchored in a leadership team. Um, and, and interestingly, I don't think clients are as concerned about a single profit center model, as a lot of agencies think they are, um, as they are about you know, one throat to choke. Um, in some cases they might request a single contract. But it's really this idea that there's a proven process and and the it's going to be led by insights and behavioral um, kind mm-hmm. of knowledge and it all comes together. And then mm-hmm. I think on the digital side, when we get into these complex reviews, um, you know, there there is a desire for agencies to be able to think across platform and an increasing focus on fluency across all um, various mobile platforms and and this idea that we don't want to be the innovators. The agency has to be out there and they have to be constantly. They have to be that that sort of laboratory for us bringing us. We we want them to have the first looks. We want them to be sitting with all of these partners as before it's even – out there, we want them right. bringing these things to us. So, so the more sophisticated the client is on that side of the house, you know, the more they will push on that. Most clients, though, you know, are just trying to figure out how it all works together. Um, the, the last thing I would say is there is probably among the sort of CMO suite today a greater need to make decisions with data and and accountability mm. um, through data is is much more of a driver than it used to be. And so looking at tools and, and ways to constantly be um, optimizing, you know, the more often in real time. I mean, you know, every client, again, has a level of sophistication they bring. Right. But that, that's right. an area which, you know, we're seeing a lot more focus than we used to.
1: Real, really interesting. I have a couple other questions, but right now we're going to take a very short commercial break. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with Captain Benson and more of the conversation.
0: Market Edge will return in just a moment.
2: As you know, being an expert at f-
1: <gasps> what did she say
2: requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with. F-
0: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The internet marketing ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas
1: are coming.
0: Merch engine is your surfers into overdrive. It's WebmasterRadio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's
1: Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Catherine Bensian, CEO of Select Resources International, talking about trends in search consulting. So Catherine, you just went through three big buckets of change or themes that you're seeing around the, the tenure itch, the holistic approach for planning and then really the desire for fluency across platforms, especially on the digital side. Are you seeing any differences, um, or what are some of the key differences that come when you have a Fortune 500 brand coming to you versus a small or mid-sized brand coming to you?
2: Um, It's interesting. Um, I would say the larger companies tend to have a lot more money, and I would say on, on... Average, they're more developed in the digital realm. Um, sometimes it's complex because we're working across multiple lines of business, so we're dealing with you know a um, an, an operating group, a steering group, decision-making groups, um, and because they're more so, you have their their aspirations are more sophisticated we're also dealing with a lot of global challenges so rethinking mm. global models and how yep. how the di- different pieces come together so that would be the change the change on on that side of the house you know our smaller clients first of all they tend to be even though they're smaller and their 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 budgets are are less um they tend to be um probably less resourced so the process can take longer. They have um, less money and they have to do more with less, so their their expectations are a bit higher. Yeah. Interestingly, sometimes the clients in these smaller Well, there's two kinds. There's a smaller brand that has a very classically trained marketing group. We're working with one right now. Um, and And they have a skill set that you don't often see in some of the... The younger management teams, where they really grew up at a time where they had discipline, rigor around briefing mm. and feedback and relationship <laughs> management, and um, but they may not have the experience across all these different channels. And so it's it's kind of interesting. Some of the smaller clients can be some of the best agency managers, but the least knowledgeable about some of the things they need to bring to their business. And then some of the bigger teams. May have been pushing the envelope on some of the the channel, the the different um, capabilities, but they also tend to be younger in some cases and use more of the tools, the metrics for decision making. Um, right. I would say in terms of resources though, you know, nobody wants to think that they're not getting best in breed. So we always have to look at finding, resources who can deliver what they say they can and kind of vet them for transparency. So they, they just come in different sizes, but I think there's a lot. It, it, it's it's more how they're organized to manage the agencies and what that means than actually the specific quality of the
1: work that they're receiving. That's really interesting. Really interesting. And do you see um, a different level of uh, understanding sophistication from the brand CMOs, given the wealth of information and social media that's out there, and specifically, are they much more knowledgeable about the agencies that are out there, given social media and other connections, or have you not you really know, seen it, that change?
2: I'm sorry. Um, it's it's really interesting. I, I think it doesn't make a lot of difference, truthfully, Glenn. I think, um, you know, I used to say, gee, if if someone could hire an agency based on sort of their website or the social chatter that I hear about them, then they would never need us. Right. Um, I think that it's a very high-touch proposition. Just like, yeah. you know, we always kind of try to figure out, are we using technology enough in how we do what we do? I do think that there's, um, and, and it really is about business results coupled with sort of innovation and buzz. So I think buzz, awards, all of the stuff that might be out in the kind of social space is a contributor. Nobody wants to be with someone who's not successful. But if, if it, they're not generating results and they don't have the ability to vet and and have a more transparent view of them, I don't think that um, most seasoned marketers would, would change agencies without that.
1: Yep. And to your point about it's people working with people, that is, uh, clearly something that is so critically important for somebody who's hiring an agency to be a partner, maybe not for 35 years now, but for an agency to be a partner as opposed to just hire on a project. That makes tons yeah, of and sense.
2: It, you know, and it's so amazing. I'm always in awe of, of the talent that's out there. You know, you'll, you'll connect a client with one group on a Monday and maybe even the same group with another client in a very relatively short amount of time and you'll have two extremely different reactions to them. So I, I really do think it is still people first, and um, and that's you know that's kind of the interesting kind of conundrum when technology and, and what that facilitates is so much in our world right now, you know.
1: That's uh, probably um, why we're all still in the business is the is the people side, and are you seeing any specific industries? handling or, or facing some, um, you know, that are most challenged or any key trends by industry that are really interesting to you?
2: You know, I think it's a cyclical thing. Um, we, we see it more on a category-by-category category basis, so I guess that's what you meant. I mean, like last year's example, we worked with six different casual dining and restaurant chains in one year. Wow. And, and then we've also seen a, an increase in demand from the retail side, um, a special, especially along um, the lines of some of the specialty retailers. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, and looking at new ways that people can buy. I mean, you know, the, the brick-and-mortar model versus an Amazon as an example. So I think the retail space is very much in flex. Um, so those two, I mean, you know, and then there are a lot of areas that seem to be extremely commoditized and, There are always those firms that want to try and break out of that and be ahead, and so that that can tend to be a driver as well.
1: Um, Interesting you mentioned retail. We see a ton of activity and interest given the whole intersection of mobile and social and the bricks and mortar versus the online digital and how do you think of content. There's a lot of that industry seems to be ripe for overhaul, and therefore everybody's probably scrambling to your point earlier about do I have the right partners helping me navigate this very fast-changing uh, world.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, on top, that would be enough. But then there's the business environment that everybody's operating in. So it's, right. um, it's sort of a combination of the two that make it so difficult.
1: So a couple last questions before I, I let you go. Um, one is your quote about 70% of the agency-client partnerships created by SRI last at least five years. Um why, why, I guess, to what do you attribute that success? Um, because you're obviously doing something right to match the right partners.
2: I, you know, I think it comes from the way that we work. We're very client-centric. We spend an inordinate amount of time up front really helping our clients think through what they want. Sometimes they come in and they have, uh, you know, they have something else in mind and they haven't really... They really haven't considered a lot of other important factors. I think. Um, I think it's also an ability to manage a process that allows them to really vet. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that the process exists, but it it, it does that. <laughs> you know, qualified agencies. To me, it's never about are they qualified when they're a finalist. It's always about who's going to get this brand and this business best yep. at this moment in time who has the right fit with this client, who who can really build the greatest confidence in them for keeping them um, where they need, you know, moving them where they need to go. Right. You know, it'll be interesting to see if this five-year um, metric can stand the test of time given all the challenges we've been discussing. But, um, um, you know, we, we have... And then the fact that so many of our clients retain us over and over again for additional work, I think is... We, we feel pretty good about the quality of the process and the outcomes that we help bring about.
1: Yeah, completely. And you mentioned the, the business pressures on CMOs and whatever the latest data is about the tenure of a CMO, whether it's 19, 20 months, it's something under, under two years. What do you think are the, some of the biggest challenges that CMOs are facing in the next um, you know, 12, 24, 36 months?
2: You know it's it's difficult to be general when there are a lot of specifics that would pertain to every situation. I, I think it's the speed of change and mm. change on their watch. Um, I think it's also they're expected to um, generate incredibly aggressive business results in an environment that is very complex and it takes yeah. time. and nobody's you know the longer term view seems to be. Um, falling by the wayside more and more in, in favor of the for, short-term view. You know, we see a generation of CMOs coming in who, who are a lot less confident than the people who preceded them because it doesn't matter how successful they were in the past if they can't get it right this time. It's not right. just – it's
1: so the right? And we've you, had – we, just, uh, we have CMOs leave on our watch, you
2: know. I mean – um, before, after a pitch or whatever, it's uh, the agency change is very much a piece of that whole retooling process.
1: Right, completely. All right. Well, last question for you. We've got agency executives, I think, and client um, executives listening to the podcast as well. Any words of advice for those agency executives that are listening? Listening from your vantage point.
2: I would say you know don't just shut chase the shiny object that's the new prospect, but do a really good job at bringing all of your new and innovative capabilities, experience, and process to the benefit of your existing clients. They don't really, I think agencies don't tend to merchandise these things on an ongoing basis to the clients who are probably the least likely to be uh, raising their hand, and, and probably sometimes the most stable. And it's, you ha- would be so surprised at what they're being, um, you know, sent in terms of outreach from your competitors. And I still believe organic growth and client retention is is really an undervalued part of our mix. So that would be my. My, I, I I don't like to see these thirty-five year relationships come unglued. It seems unnecessary to us.
1: Right. Wow. That's incredibly sound advice, and clearly your own business model has <laughs> has proven that. So. Uh, well, I want to thank you, Catherine, for being my guest today, and thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Engler, or on my blog at www.glenengler.com. And visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out.